This morning, instead of having our, uh, where we read just a few verses uh, that I'll be speaking on, we're going through the book of Matthew. This morning, um, Michelle Cunningham is going to come, and I want you to bask in the scripture because Michelle has really internalized the Sermon on the Mount, could, could really have the whole, has a whole thing coming out of her mind and heart. This morning, I've asked her to do chapter 6 of, of, uh, of uh, Matthew, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. So would you allow the words of this and her reading of this? Remind yourself, this was given on a hillside out on the Sea of Galilee to a mixture of people, most of whom were subsistence living fishermen and farmers, a few of whom had some resources, but probably not many. When Matthew wrote this 40 years later, he was speaking to um, people who were... Um, many of whom were destitute, many of whom were barely making it in a very uh, society that was persecuting them. Would you listen to the words of the scripture, perhaps how they heard it in the first century, and then how we can hear it today? So, Michelle, thank you. When you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the poor, don't blow a loud horn. That's what the show-offs do in meeting places and on street corners because they're always looking for praise. I can assure you that they will not get a reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the poor, don't let anyone know about it. Then your gift will be given in secret. Your Father in heaven knows what is done in secret, and he will reward you. When you pray, don't be like those show-offs who love to stand up and pray in the meeting places and on street corners because they're always looking to look good. When you pray, go into a room alone and close the door. Pray to your Father in private. Your Father in heaven knows what is done in private, and he will reward you. When you pray, don't go on and on and on like people do who don't know God. They think God likes to hear long prayers. Uh, Don't be like them. Your Father in heaven knows what you need even before you ask. You should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, help us to honor your name. Come, set up your kingdom so that everyone on earth will obey you as we are, as you, as they, you are obeyed in heaven. Give us our food for today. Forgive us for doing wrong as we forgive those who do wrong to us. Keep us from being tempted. Protect us from evil. If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. If you do not forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. When you go without eating or fasting, don't try to look gloomy like those show-offs do when they go without eating. (laughs) They do this just to look good, and they've gotten their reward. Instead, comb your hair, wash your face. Then others will not know that you're fasting or going without eating. But your Father in heaven knows what is done in private, and he will reward you. You cannot be the slave of two masters. Don't store up treasures on earth, where the moths and rust can destroy them and thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, store up treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy them and thieves cannot break in and steal them. Your heart will always be where your treasure is. Your eyes are like a window for your soul. When they are good, you're filled with light. But when they are bad, you are in the dark. If the light inside you is dark, you surely are in the dark. You cannot be the slave of two masters. You will like one more than the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But I tell you not to worry about your life. Don't worry about having something to eat or drink or wear. 
Isn't life more than food or clothing? Look how the birds fly in the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in barns. But your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than birds? And why worry about clothes? Look, look how the wildflowers grow. They don't work hard or spin. But I tell you that Solomon, with all his wealth, wasn't as clothed as beautifully as the flowers in the field. And God gives such beauty to them. Can worry make you live longer? Thank you. Don't worry and ask yourselves, will we have any food? Will we have any drinks? Will we have any clothes to wear? Only people who don't know God are worried about such things. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what before you even ask. Fine. Don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> it will take care of itself. You have enough to think about and worry about today. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Wow, the scripture really speaks for itself, doesn't it? I just want to offer a few thoughts, which I feel funny even offering after just letting God's word speak for itself. Jesus is trying to communicate to them and to us that he's a king of a different sort of kingdom. And just like they were called to live in a different way, so are we. And for them to live as opposed to their culture looks somewhat different, perhaps, from the way we live. I think about, as Michelle so vividly spoke those words of, don't be like those who, who give and who pray and who fast to be seen by men. I think, well, Lord, I'm not sure I, I mean... Not sure that's really my issue. Like I, I can't remember the last time I, I walked in someplace and you know, kind of like all gloomy, and someone asked me, you know, kind of, you all right? You feeling sick? And I said, I know, I'm fasting. Maybe y'all do that a lot, but I, I just, or, or, or you know, back at the offering box, you know, we don't pass an offering thing, but we have a box back there. Many people give a line, which is about the most secret way you can do it, probably, except your bank knows or the government or something. But, you know, I don't know how many of you are back there, like, banging on the box, letting people, I mean, I'm not sure that's our issue, but let me tell you what I think is, is that your, the key to this is that your father sees what is done in secret. And I think too many of us live our lives worried about what other people think of us. In their case, it was I give or I fast or I do religious things to be noticed. And they were so aware that rather than having any reward from God, he said you have your reward in full. Because you're so worried about their response to you, you got it. Now, so it seems sort of funny to me. I don't know how it strikes you, but I don't think of if I fast, go without food for the sake of getting my heart's attention on God, or if I pray, should God reward us for that? Like, it seems to me that's sort of a part of being a Christian. If I give, which we do, but the Bible says, it says right there, your Father in heaven will reward you. So what's that reward look like? Like if you 
pray, if you fast, if you give, what does that reward look like? Well, the word there, it's the word payback. You know the phrase paybacks are double, right? Well, in our world, when we pay back, we sort of reciprocate in kind, you know? And God basically says, what you do in secret, those practices that you do that nobody knows about, I'll pay you back. Now, what does that look like? Does that mean, oh, no more financial problems. If I give, I'll, you know, I, I've got that. If, you know, I, if I'm, I'll be blessed. Yes, you will. But here's wisdom. Let God pay you back the way he knows how to pay you back. Rather than the way you think you should be paid back, that's where we get in trouble. God ought to do this for me or that for me. He shouldn't let me suffer any problem. What if the payback is a challenge in life that ends up blessing others and yourself, but you can't see it? We would never think that way, but this is an upside-down kingdom where the payback may not necessarily be on earth. Why? As Michelle said and read this morning for us, it's the fact that if he pays you back in this world stuff, Moths and rust and thieves break in and destroy. I don't know how God will reward us. What I know is he will. He promises to for what's done in secret. We are not a secret society, guys. We are a society that lives out in front of everybody, right? More than any time, I mean, I just, it's, it's, for me, who I, I've tended to become more of an introvert in a society where everybody lives out there, this kingdom is one where in the Lord we are to do in secret. And many of you practice this. Many of you give in secret. Many of you, I know, are in your prayer rooms, wherever that is, in the, in the interior of your heart, and you are praying. And I pray we're fasting, and we'll be talking a little more about fasting coming up, but these are things we should be practicing. So the second thing I just want to hit on, this, this is a, a relatively short message. I, I, I have already spoken on the Sermon on the Mount some time ago. You can find it. Uh, probably we can put up some links to the messages that were specifically on Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on the Mount from a few years ago. So I, I could spend a long time in these three chapters, but I just want to hit a couple of things that I feel like the Lord has, has said. This verse 25 says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Any of you all tempted to be anxious about anything? Now maybe it's not food or clothing for us, we live in a different day and time, and I'm thankful that I don't necessarily worry about food and clothing. But has that eliminated my anxiety? And if you know me well enough, know I got plenty to worry about, even though I've got more than enough food and more, than, more clothes than I know what to do with, half of which I don't even wear, which probably tells you something, right? The, we just went red here, Kent. <laughs> Can I go back to white? I know, you didn't touch it. This is... Okay, Lord, if I said something wrong, just, I feel like it, I went, you know, sort of like the quick hell, oh, all right, that was, that was weird. 
Ken says, I didn't touch anything. All right. The ang- the, I, I have plenty to be anxious about. Probably that there's not enough light. Praise the Lord. I think just kill it. Just kill it, Kent. We'll, uh, the, the Lord must obviously be doing something in this. So I'll, I'll live in shadows for the rest of it. So that's fine. Um, so let me just ask you, besides being anxious about which light is going to come up, what's the, what's, what's the Lord's answer for this? What, is, what does the scripture teach on this? And you know, initially it's quite disappointing to me. I, I think it says, okay, don't be anxious. And if any of you like me struggle with being anxious about anything, being worrying about and fretting about things, so, so what's the answer? And it says, look at the birds. I'm like, is that all you got? Look at the birds? Like any good self-help book is going to give you 10 steps, right, to tell you things that you should do. But you see, the difference between the gospel and the kingdom of God and a self-help book is that self-help books are about trying, and the kingdom of heaven is about dying. And it's about changing by surrender, by saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't try enough to change myself because I'm always going to go back to anxiety and worry and all the other things that I run to. Because if you try to live in this kingdom without a relationship with the king, it will be the most frustrating experience of your life. And when I read the testimonies of those who have walked in the faith and are now saying, I no longer believe Several things almost always mark this. And this is a slight diversion, but I, I, just, I, I just feel like I should say this because maybe some of you are struggling with this or maybe some of you know people are struggling with this. But here are the things that almost always mark this. Is I was struggling with something and other believers or Christians just made me feel horrible about whatever I was struggling with. My doubts, my fears, my sin, all these things. They, and instead of coming alongside me, they told me, how wrong I was, and it forced me away. The second thing that I find marks all these things is that they tried to do the things of the kingdom without a relationship with the king. And they faced the things like the problem of evil in the world without a king by their side, and they looked at the injustice that happens, and they looked at the things that are unexplainable, and without a relationship with the king, they tried to navigate it, and their faith got wrecked on the shoals of principles rather than the prince. Because, see, there are no easy answers in this life for some of the things we face. We face some things that we're going to walk in some tension in, and yet in relationship with this, here's the key to anxiety. It's not just looking at the birds and looking at the flowers. That's not the end of this. It is that if you look at them, they know they have a father in heaven who knows everything that they need before they ask. And the answer to anxiety is not simply considering the birds and considering the flowers. It's superimposing that picture upon the worries of the world, understanding that before you've even asked, your father in heaven knows everything that you need. Look with me, if you will, at what it says in verse 
32 of Matthew 6. The Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, they know their heavenly Father is going to feed them, those birds do. And those flowers and their own sort of flowery minds, I know they don't have minds, but you know what I'm saying. They, they know they don't fret because they know they're going to be clothed. Now, food and clothing probably isn't your issue. But worry about the future, about your finances, about your health, about the relationships, about your children, your parents, your friends, about circumstances of all sorts and types, about the past, about the future, about the now. All these things can be causes for anxiety. And I'm going to tell you this, your heavenly Father knows what you need. And as you look and you're anxious about the future, I tell you there's no grace for future anxiety today. If you worry about the future, there's not an ounce of grace to help you with that. But it will be there when you need it. The words will be in your mouth when you need them. The provision for the day will be there. But he teaches us that today's grace is sufficient for today's anxiety. Tomorrow, what's it say? It's got plenty of troubles of its own, doesn't it? And if you think tomorrow's not going to have any trouble... Everybody think our government's going to figure out all the problems tomorrow? Anybody think that in your situation everything is going to be rosy and there's, you know, perfect everything tomorrow? You know it's not going to be like that, right? But I promise you that the prince will be beside you and he will walk with you and grace for tomorrow will be sufficient for the anxieties and the troubles of tomorrow, but not today. Today's grace is sufficient for today's trouble. And so we trust in him because in this kingdom, it's about seeking first the king and the kingdom and these things. And that everything we need, it says, is going to be given to us and added to us. Does it mean we do nothing? No. It means we do the things we're called to do, not the things we're not called to do. And you're not called to anxiety. I know that's easy to say. The worst thing to say to a fearful person is don't be afraid. Right? The worst thing to say to an anxious person is don't be anxious. So I tell you this, look and consider that your heavenly father knows what you need. If you don't know your heavenly father, then there's no more help to be given because the entrance to this kingdom is knowledge of God. It's in repentance, and that's why this kingdom starts with repent. The kingdom of heaven is near you. If you don't turn to God, there's no other help. But when you do, then if Matthew 5, 6, and 7, remember, it's for his disciples. It's for his followers. That's who's hearing this message. That's who he gathered around him, not the crowds. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Yes, tomorrow's got plenty of problems. God's got more grace. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, as we hear these oh-so-practical words, Lord, from Matthew chapter 6, Lord, to forgive others 
And then we receive forgiveness, that cleansing. But if we don't forgive, Lord, you can't forgive us. That's sobering. Lord, that we can't serve two masters, that we can't serve God and money, that if money takes up all of our creativity and all of our life's concern. Lord, forgive me for being anxious about things that I cannot control but are in your hands. Lord, teach us not to spend our lives on things that are not worthy of us as your sons and daughters. That you have given us tasks at hand to love others, to love you, to trust you, to walk with you through highs and lows. Help us to do that, please. Help us to be real, to really practice what we say we believe and not drive people away with hypocrisy. Help us to come to you in all your glory and all of your forgiveness and all of your acceptance. And would you train us, Lord, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and trust that you will add to us what we need.